Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the DN35 podcast. It is a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday evening after I've dropped my kid off at Beavers, uh, which is not a euphemism. Um, hello, Henry. How are you? Hello. Do I have permission to make a naked gun joke? Yeah. That's always nice, a Beaver. Thanks. I just had it stuffed. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I love that. You might, you might. Oh, that's a great scene. You might, you might notice that Henry sounds a lot clearer today. We're not using Skype anymore. Well, not for a while, and uh, <laughs> uh, he sounds very Barry White in my ears right now. <laughs> We've gone in the modern world of twelve-pound USB uh, microphones from Amazon, so this is all very exciting. I know. I've got three here. This is this is this is like the good old days when we used to do it together down south. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we used to just do it in my little. Well, no, it wasn't a little living room. It was massive. Yeah, no, that was bloody lush, that living room, with the big TV on, watching Champions League while we were pretending to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was a good way of just getting you over. Uh, right, so, a lot has happened since we've last been on. Everything is rosy in the world of black and white. We have taken many, many victories, taken many fans many places, and uh, we seem to be barraged with uh, positive feedback from across the media, whether it be on the very... Uh, official athletic to general social media trends and such henry how are you feeling are you unloved? um i think i think the biggest disbelief i've had is as having a long read article on the athletic right that is a major u.s sports website well you know more about it than i do because you're obviously a massive nfl fan yeah like the athletic's a big deal like um so yeah, that was quite a surreal thing, sort of seeing Ian Holloway in, a, in his Grimsby coat on there, giving a giving a decent interview. And I don't know for those who've read it, but I thought it was it was a an interesting read without really saying too much. Um, that sounds he was like... basically saying he was basically saying we haven't done anything yet, although the positivity is nice, which I think is fair enough. I mean, that does sound like every article on the Athletic. Really nice read, but doesn't actually say much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I was I was gutted a couple of weeks ago because I did miss Bradford away, um, but I was there in spirit. But that did look absolutely fantastic. It does, doesn't it? It's one of those games where we we travel in number everywhere, but there are certain games where you just go and you know it's going to be special. And there's that little bit of hype a couple of weeks beforehand. I don't have any of that for Swindon when I'm there on Saturday. There's not going to be any of that sort of <laughs> atmosphere. I certainly, I certainly did not have that atmosphere at Colchester. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I have to apologise because I properly stood you up. It was freezing cold. It was pissing it, was, it down. Was like, it was so fucking cold in that stadium. Like, Honestly, it was so cold. Considering and, and even though, so I live in Hampshire, and then obviously. It's technically, I live at what, if you look, if London's a clock, I live at seven o'clock and Colchester's at two o'clock, isn't it? And, but my God, it's a fucking long way. Yeah, no, I mean, it took me an hour and a bit from Cambridge and um, the A14 was shut on the way back. So God knows how people going back to Grimsby got back. They'd have gone some right routes to get across and up. And, and, and when you've got, um, you can, when you can watch it on iFollow for a tenner, I mean, there's no real, but. I, I lost out because obviously 
you came away with one of the greatest victories for a long time, Charles Burnham, even though he is a grammar nerd. Nothing wrong with a blazer, firstly. (laughs) And secondly, I think we all need to appreciate Charles Burnham's full name. What is it? A what bit more. It? That doesn't get enough love online. What is it? Charles Terence Priestley Vernon, according to Wikipedia. Oh, well, his parents were doing his, their GCSEs when they were naming him. Inspector Calls on, on their uh, syllabus by any chance? In- incredible. Why has this not been picked up anywhere else, really? <laughs> well, this is the only reason we're here. We're here to pick up the little nuggets that everybody else is. We're the Labrador out at the table, dropping, taking the, the meaty morsels that drop off the, uh, drop off the, the table of news. yeah something like that (laughs) or we're just weird and we sit on wikipedia all day yeah exactly terence priestley vernon there's no real charles terence priestley vernon it's got to be a jb priestley reference and and surely everybody here has had to suffer through that terrible terrible play that obviously conceding recent voting has never really taken it on board it's meaning (laughs) This isn't Bre- this isn't Brexit cast, Alex. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody killed her, Henry. Everybody I know, I know, a... I know. We've got fancy new microphones, but we're not a national politics podcast. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> James O'Brien. Uh, well, it's I don't know what to say anymore. What do we say when we've got nothing to complain about? No, do you remember the good old days when we were moaning like fury on your sofa? Yeah. Watching, watching Hursty bring one Pratt nil Parslow victories on. in the National League. Yeah. Oh, God, bring them back. So Something si- to talk about. <laughs> so since we last played, where, when did we when we did we last record? It was when Hurst got sacked at Scunny. Yeah, I think I think it was about three games ago. Um, certainly, it was before the Bradford game. I don't know if it was before the Forest Green game, possibly. Well, let's take, but yeah, let's take we, the idea that we didn't, and and the Forest Green game is the last game we saw. Two-two draw. Yeah, I mean they're a good side. I mean, not too long ago they played us off the park at our own stadium at the start of the season, including some howlers from uh, a club legend. Um, so that's a, a much improved result against them. Um, no one really likes playing them. Shit club, no fans. Um, but you know, I think I think that's the kind of game. Maybe over the last two years that we'd have struggled to win, really, or get anything from. So, um, and from from what I remember, the the performance seemed seemed pretty decent. I think I think there's a there's a theme over the last few weeks that we've seen, which is um, he's certainly. We're playing the same formation um, as we've set up for most of the season, but we're playing it in a completely different way. Um, players get the ball, they turn, they move forward. There's a real emphasis in movement in the front three. Players like Vernon are playing with complete freedom. I think the introduction of Billy Clark up there has been phenomenal, and obviously Hansen returning to fitness has been a massive help. Um but I think the the one thing you'd probably highlight from games like Forest Green and, and probably Bradford and certainly the Colchester goals is um, we're sort of conceding a few soft goals, uh, a few goals yeah. from set pieces, and that's kind of something that will probably need tightening up at some point. But I think that's the price you pay of getting a negative team to suddenly sort of have a burst of attacking flair all of a sudden. You probably will have mistakes at the back occasionally or be left exposed slightly, so... Um, it's, I think it's one of the trade-offs and I think undoubtedly what we've seen since uh, the start of the new year is 
a flurry of goals, really, and massive entertainment on the pitch, which is exactly what we want. Well, that Forest Green game, especially, two brilliant goals. Forest Green's absolute smasher for the equaliser at 1-1. And then ours was a foot... Well, it was it was pale in comparison to the goal, the un, the forgotten goal at Colchester. A 14-pass move, if I remember rightly, counting it at the time, where Charles Vernon was... It was laid off to him at the ed, edge of the area and he, he tucked it away. Um, it, all in all, um, it's been an entertaining... The, the football itself is more entertaining, isn't it? It's it's getting it on the fi- on the floor, moving it quickly, switching it, making the other team work for it, and 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 sort of be stretched themselves to try and retrieve it. It's exactly what it's not. It's not very cute football. It's not anything too detailed. It's very. It's what football should be, isn't it? It's just good football. Yeah, it's it's functional, and I think just. Just the the mindset of the players, I think, has has been a complete shift from. I think I think it was fair to say, and I think we said it a couple of points before Christmas was. You know, we had that great performance against Exeter, where it was perfect counter football. We looked fantastic going forward. We looked lethal, um, and then after that, I think the pressure showed, and we just went into our shell. Yeah, um, and I think this is sort of like been sort of reversing back and sort of getting that confidence back which has been sort of fantastic to see really and for a team that's sort of 15th 10 games left realistically nothing to play for I don't really think we could ask for a lot more really in terms of of value of product Um, you know players like Whitehouse get the ball in the middle and turn and run with it and Vernon's playing incredible and you know just his freedom and movement on the ball and sort of his attacking threat and it's just really enjoyable to watch you know the team gets the ball and you think you know we can go forward and we can score at any point in the game which is brilliant to see and I think the final thing from from Colchester for me was we went 1-0 down I didn't think we were out of it we went 2-1 down I didn't think we were out of it you know like you think there's goals in the team and there's a real fight there even though they've got nothing to play for really I think um, I was sort of listening to a few Colchester players in, in the one McDonald's outside the stadium, which is literally the only entertainment that is on offer at the Western Homes Community Stadium. Um, and they were sort of saying, you know... Oh, oh hello. <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Grimsby Town's biggest jet setter. That's it, straight from Hollywood Boulevard as we speak. Who, who, draining on me. who has more points, you on your Avios card or Liverpool? Spring every day of the week. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow and then Berlin on Sunday. Why are you in Vegas? <laughs> uh, Fury fight, Fury Wilder. Of course, Maybe yeah, why not? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? What's going to be more enjoyable, Jack? Our Tuesday night in Colchester. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? Oh, it was oh. such a cathartic experience, just getting 90 minutes of shouting at that linesman out of the way. <laughs> I needed that. I had a stressful start to the week, and he felt the full brunt of it. Yeah, I think um, the 300 Grimsby fans right behind him really did give him probably the most miserable two hours of his life, really. It was incredible. Terrible. He deserved it. I mean, if, if the man was good at his job, I wouldn't yob off. But he was simply appalling. Uh, Jack is uh, on. But the, the goal, you know, like the goal. The goal. Wow. Wowzy. Wow. I've got a semi just thinking about it. Have you have you <laughs> have you <laughs> have you seen any uh, Grimsby Town shirts in the beautiful city of LA? 
I've not. I did see the first time I ever went to New York, though. I was by the M9 Eleven Memorial, and I saw in the distance a black and white shirted gentleman. And as I approached closer, I saw a red and blue logo in the midriff. And it turned out to be a grocery shirt. And I said, wow, sir, what on earth are you doing here? And then we had a lovely conversation. And uh, went our separate ways. I've just got this awful image of uh, the somber, somber sort of location being disrupted by someone chanting, we are town. <laughs> <laughs> Minute silence, no chance. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Ah, now that's the other addition that we need to talk about in the last few weeks is the new chant, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, who can't love it? Who can't like it? I think uh, Jack, you were at Leighton, weren't you? I'm pretty sure I was indeed. Yeah, and it was brought brought there by the Ouse guys, and uh, yes, it's it's nice to have something slightly original, even though it's the same tune that everybody else uses. Well, they're fucking mental, aren't they? Do you see them like partying out literally outside the ground? They parked their bus there and were like, yeah, put- they're just like fucking it, um, like R and not R and B. What's the what's the word all the kids use? Grime version of Wonderwall. I assumed it was and, just uh, Calvin Harris. Mad. <laughs> it might, yeah, it might have been. I don't know. One of them. And uh, oh, they loved it. They loved it. They were going mad. I, I think I was when I when I was stood near them and they just stunk of absinthe. Like that sort of sweet <laughs> sort of what is that taste? What is it? It's bongella. What is it called? Uh, aniseed. Well, aniseed. Aniseed. That's yeah. The one, yeah. You can just taste it in the air. The sambuca. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're great. I went over there when I was about fourteen with my dad. Of course, we you were did. One of the first lot to to migrate <laughs> over, and they got me absolutely battered. Man. I remember being <laughs> sick on a ferry on the way home. Uh, they were loading me up with stuff. I don't know how, how old they thought I was because then they came over here. You are there. freakishly tall, though. I am a tall boy, tall piece of ass. And then um, they came over, and I was 15, and they were asking me uh, for local narcotic dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, lads, I can't help you out on this one. No. And you've been in the yeah. film industry ever since. That's it, that's where it all started. <laughs> well, this podcast has taken a turn. <laughs> I tell you who I'm looking at, the Frenchman. The Frenchman was an absolute disgrace when he went on. <laughs> it was terrible. It was yeah. and, and, um, but now, it's like, it's, the players he's brought in have been ridiculously good. Like yeah, Glenn, Glennon's, Glennon, Glennon and Benson have been fantastic, as has Billy Clark. Billy Wright, Billy Clark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lads, yeah. you'll be delighted to know that for some reason the recorder went off and I don't know when. Yeah. So oh. I've turned it back on again. Brilliant. the Mariners. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I don't know where we went. We'll still keep talking. I'm live in Sao Paulo. You are live. <laughs> is that true? Because I have no idea where you are anymore, and I don't know what parts of Hollywood there is. I am on a Fountain Avenue in Los Angeles. I'm getting confused oh, by that. Nice. I don't think I'm supposed to cross the road here. They give me funny looks. But they don't use Do their they... horns. Yeah. Don't they? They're very polite. Yeah, they just shoot you instead. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's America. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about FIFA, so we'll quickly run through those players again in case because that was relatively decent. So Charles Vernon, ninety pace, is faster than Mares, faster than Wambasaka, faster than Jamie Vardy, faster than Pulisic, Ray, Pulisic, uh, Willian, and Theo Walcott. Martial, there you go. Martial, yeah, he's quicker than him as well. Fountain Avenue. I have no idea where that is. So. What you didn't, what, if it was recorded or not, I have no idea. But Jack, 
what is the likelihood of Ian Holloway appearing in your wonderful new production? Is the, is it on the cards? Well, I've been chatting to Macca on Twitter, and we're getting the whole okay. team down. So I think it's inevitably <laughs> he'll stick his head in little bar scene. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be shooting off season as well, so it should be relatively all right to organise. Oh, brilliant! But I'm doing um, oh, oh. before I'm doing an advert for Doc's beers in like a couple of weeks, so we're trying to get down to uh, well, that, the the shooting day before, or the, sorry, the, the day after we're shooting is Scunny away. So I've oh, okay, got a nice. Uh, but I'm probably going to try and get down to the training ground and get like a little snippet of. Uh, it's really good actually. It's really good. It's a poem about Grimsby basically to lots of very very cinematic shots. Oh, it's beautiful. Sunrises, sunsets. Oh, it's gorgeous. I'm basically so I'm just nicking all the nicking all the nice shots out of the movie for Docs for Tuppence Opening. And uh, Good man. Give him giving the folks of Grimsby a nice little flavour of what's to come. Little flavour. Fountain, Fountain Avenue is quite long. Yeah. I'm just yeah. looking it up on Google I'm Maps. Going to a, um, I'm going to 6660 Sunset Boulevard, which is just around the corner from me now. Six minutes away. I've oh, walked nice. an hour. Walked an hour. I like walking. Oh, so you're walking that way, are you? you There's McDonald's be... there. You must be the only person in LA that's walking. Oh mate, it's delightful. It's it's warm, but it's not too hot. It's like, and it's not. I like it. I sat. I just did. I woke up at like five a.m. because I only got here yesterday. So my jet lag's all funny. Just did all my like <laughs> laptop work and then got a load of meetings this afternoon. Aside from Alan Powton, who is the most famous person you've seen out in Hollywood? I'm going on a date with a girl. Oh, I don't know if I should make it public. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you must now. That's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> this girl this afternoon who played uh, the Mexican Ugly Betty. She's very attractive. Um, the Mexican Ugly Betty? Yeah. Wasn't Ugly Betty the Mexican Ugly Betty? Well, no, like the the, the production that called Ugly Betty in Mexico. Oh, okay. So yeah. they made another one, like they do in the UK when they make yeah. a terrible version of the Inbetweeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's, like, quite famous. It's like, she... It's got a good like, half a million Instagram followers. Or what's, what's her name? What's her name? E-L-Y-F-E-R space Torres. I'll be entirely honest. If I think I put in the Mexican Ugly Betty, I don't think I'd get anywhere. <laughs> she does come up. I Google it. We've got the same manager, and I thought she was really pretty, so I slid in the DMs. And I still haven't told. America. You slid into it. She's older than you, mate. She's, uh, she's younger. 97. I've, she's got, I've, I've done my research. I've got 18, 1984. Oh, I've got 1997, 23 years 97. old. 97, yeah, yeah. yeah there there you go. Go. Alpha Taurus. Get her a town shirt, mate. She won't say no. She'll fall in love with me instantly. I'm going to write her a Grimsby-esque poem. Oh, yeah, I could... Pretend <laughs> it's all about Fine. her. <laughs> I tell you what, this podcast really has taken a turn tonight. <laughs> oh, full of tricks, mate. Full of tricks. That's it. But where yeah. else have I got? Where else have I seen famous out here? Oh, I saw Bill Gates. He's quite famous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you not like tapped him up for uh, being a shareholder at least? Nah, it was. Um, it was. Does, does he fancy the Bill Gates stand at the Grimsby Town Community Stadium? <laughs> I should have asked him. He Bill was Gates. On the, Gates. He was on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, and I walked past. I thought I recognise that Gates. He had like no visible security around him. Just with like one of his geezers getting some bloke out of a car and like, meeting him outside this building, and uh, yeah, he, he looks he looks in good health. Then I, I went I'm to his to museum him. in Seattle, him and Melinda, um, and yeah, that was, yeah, 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 can't complain. Look nice. Uh, who else have I seen that? Here? I met the um, the senator of LA. We went partying with him, uh, California, the California government governor. Uh, okay. His name is. It wasn't, it wasn't Arnie, Arnie, was it? Is it? No, the same role, but later on. Google California Governor. What's his name? 
He was good, isn't he? Oh, he's is it the really cool bloke? Yeah, he's fucking cool as shit, man. I told him I'd vote for him, and he knew I was lying, but he still shook my hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kamala Harris? Nah. Uh, That's a lady. Nah. Uh, California governor. He used to be the mayor of San Francisco. Oh, I've put senator, that's why. California yes, governor. governor. Gavin Newsom. Big Gav. Uncle G. <laughs> what did yeah, he think of Ian Holloway? Uh, he, was, he, he knew all the songs. He knew all the songs. <laughs> uh, does, he, does, he, does he go around singing We Piss on Your Fish? <laughs> I'd imagine that's what got him into the role. <laughs> well, I mean, it got me into my job, I'll be entirely honest. <laughs> uh, that, that's it. Oh. This is a good question, because our reach for, for us three is quite quite wide. I know Henry mm-hmm. has brought some uh, people from the pond over and now follow Grimsby Town religiously. From the Carolinas, yeah. Shout from out the to Carolinas. Kerry, yeah. yeah. I was there on Thanksgiving, South Carolina, in um, Columbia. Columbus, Columbia, Columbia. You just thought it was a studio, didn't you? No, it was, uh, it was a student town, and then oh, I, can't, I, I need to start forgetting that we're getting recorded. Yeah, some, <laughs> some stuff happened. <laughs> Did you sort of remotely turn this recording off just in case when we were talking about the American, the Mexican Ugly Betty? <laughs> well, you have, uh, your, you have your title for this week's episode, Alex. <laughs> Mexican Ugly Betty? No, because then people are still Googling herself, and I'll come up. <laughs> you, you're really <laughs> overestimating the amount of people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, nightmare. nightmare. I'm at this bloody place now. And I, I thought I was going somewhere posh, and it's, um, it's not. I'm in, a, I'm in a car park by a 7-Eleven, a row Rose chicken, a pizza hut, a Hollywood Tools bus depot, a dentist that looks like you wouldn't trust, CT Nails 2, a Love to Eat Thai Bistro, and a Subway. I mean, I'll be honest, it sounds like you're selling narcotics. <laughs> Waiting for a man called uh, Pablo, <laughs> some gangster shit. Pablo, <laughs> ask it. I would say, <laughs> don't don't ask your uh, Mexican date that, please. No. What's, uh, what's the drug dealer Mexican name? You oh, should know him. Yeah, yeah. I might pop into Crazy Cat's hair salon as I'm here five minutes early for a little fresh trim. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> would you like us to let you go? Yeah, I'm going to have to pop off pop off imminently. Imminent, that's our Thank word you. to say, isn't it? Imminently. Imminent. Say, well, say that word. Imminently. imminently. Oh, you do it, easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're back in Blighty. We're, we're used to people who can say more than one or two syllables. <laughs> me I, drugs. I went out for dinner last night and they don't use knives here. They just go in a restaurant they just give you a fork. Like well, is it like a spork or like you know that one that you used to have nah. with a little bit of a knife? <laughs> like a camping end? one. No, nah, no, nah, this is yeah, like, yeah. I got a um I don't know I get prawn, they call it shrimp here. Shrimp um shrimp and like fire rice. So it was very nice, but I mean it was a mighty prawn shrimp thing. I you know, I given a choice I would have cut it in half and taken it bit by bit, but I had to uh, gob it in all the way. And um Yeah. First world problem. Well, that's, that's what I don't like about Australia when they talk about putting shrimps on the barbie Australians don't say shrimps they say prawns they say prawns they say prawns they say prawns yeah they I don't know why they, some of the words I, I also learned a new word so there's two new words um, okay um, the word American for rocket and I lived here for like 18 months I should know this um, and there's okay. a rugula rugula and what is a rocket what do you mean like the the, like the from the no, the, uh, the little like the herd thing that we have Oh, okay. Oh, um, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fine. I yeah. Yeah. So they call it arugula. Well, that's, and that's, that, that's like that's like eggplant and aubergine, isn't it? Yeah. They all. What's an aubergine? 
aubergine. <laughs> aubergine. And uh, what's um what's the other one they have? Uh, what's that what's that thing that's like um light rocket but different? You get it in the same bit of the supermarket. Um, Cucumber. Basil. Basil. Nah, nah. <laughs> Time. Uh, cilan- coriander. Coriander. They call it cilantro. Or cilantro. Do they? Yeah, it's weird. I, I always like wondered it. what cilantro is because to me it sounds a little like it should be some sort of guacamole thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was, I was viciously disappointed. Viciously, when uh, my dinner came with. Whatever that is in English, uh, and not, not some sort of uh, guacamole. Well, just thing. be aware of it when you're on your date with the Mexican ugly Betty. I will, I will. I'm looking forward to it. She's very pretty. Um, so, <laughs> it might be love, boys. It. it might be love. Well, and and please do make sure that you get some recordings of her saying things about Grimsby Town because that would be very good. She sent me a voice note earlier, which is very oh, public. Did she? It's very exciting. Have you actually met her? No, I slid into her Instagram DMs. I said, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of your work. Do you want to go and for a group? And that was enough? Yeah. We've got the same manager, so like, she, she kept liking my shit, and I was liking her shit. Okay. Uh, so it was, uh, it was bound to happen, really. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you're a man of sexual, uh, just a natural sexual magnetism. Well, I need to work out if Mexicans can get me a green card as well. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> hey, we'll cut that bit. We'll cut that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Back, Again, back really overestimating our editing skills. <laughs> <laughs> right, Why I've did you leave that in the podcast? We didn't really know how to work it to get it out. I've got to go, lads, because I might have to go to Row Row's Chicken and understanding outside. Fine, have fun. <laughs> nice one. All right, boys. Take See, it you later. See you soon, Jack. Nice to speak to you. <laughs> did, did we speak about any town stuff? Um, not for about 15 minutes, no. I <laughs> okay, think, should, should we put a, uh, a time stamp in for those? That I have no idea <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Right, I'll, so I'll, I'll work it. I'll fix it. It will sound good. Let's do a let's do a quick break thing, and we can either leave this in raw so it sounds brilliant and people get a behind the scenes thing. Does that mean he's on his way? Does that mean, John? Don't ask me questions like, like that. Would you put him on his way today? Let me ask it you. Hi, welcome back to part two. Jack has left us. We are all very sad about that um, because it, we talked about everything but town. Yeah. So so Alex, I asked him this briefly when you when you popped away for a minute. So I'll ask you for a realistic answer. What okay. are your realistic expectations for the last twelve games of the season? Do you want me to be miserable? Um, I think no, because sh- no, because yeah. I think I think you're me and you're probably on the same wavelength here. We've got fourteen games left, and three of them are against teams below us in the league. The rest are teams that are fighting for the playoffs or fighting for promotion in one way or other. And I think it won't be as fun as we are, and which is why I'm enjoying the moment. I think we'll have a couple of defeats. So obviously our We've got to play. I think we've got to play Newport twice, haven't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, and we've got to play um, Plymouth away. We've got to play Plymouth twice. Cheltenham away. So in March, we've got Plymouth. Plymouth book bookmark our season. Uh, book, bookmark our month of March. Yeah, we've so, got Newport twice. We've got Cheltenham away. Yep, we've got uh, Crew away. We have uh, Newport away, which is always shit. Uh, we've got Cambridge at home, Swindon away. Uh, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. I think we're going to have some challenging games, and I think it's it's just something where you go along and enjoy at the moment. I think anyone who's talking about playoffs is just setting themselves up to be disappointed. That's not just because that's not because we're good enough. I just think we're a bit further back from everybody else. There is a big gap between us and the teams ahead of us, isn't there? Yeah, apart so, from like the lower mid-table teams that we're sort of on level points with, and. 
Um, I fully agree with you. Um, I think sort of at at Colchester, um, they, I think they were very surprised about how hard we played and how yes. well we played based on our league position. And I think almost we're in our own little bubble at the minute, sort of like yep. the Bradford away, the, the Colchester result, sort of like the, the whole upbeat attitude of absolutely everything. I think we're just sort of playing for ourselves at this point, really, just to have a good time. And I don't exactly. think there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and get a bit of momentum, probably finish maybe 12th top half and sort of set yourself up, get the season ticket sales going and really sort of build your momentum and hit next season for uh, hit the ground running, really. Absolutely. I think we should be aiming for top half. So that 12, 12th is a good point. That's 44 points. You've got Salford City as well on there. I think realistically, uh, optimistically, I'd want to aim to, to catch Forest Green. Forest Green are, on, are five points ahead of us. Uh, that's kind of where I'd want to be heading. Uh, that would put us 10th. And I think that would be fine. And I'd be happy with that. I don't think there's any p- team in the lower half of the league table that they teams would prefer to play less than us at the moment no 100 percent, 100 percent. and i do truly think like there's something to do I, th- I do think there's something to go with with this whole like bubble sort of that we're in and you know colchester away on a tuesday night it's sort of four hours away we're taking 300 fans and we, we've gone and beaten them three two and you know i think they were sort of a little bit stunned about how hard we played and just sort of like the the whole attitude of absolutely everybody to do with the club and and we we forget sometimes colchester i think last season we were losing 130,000 pounds a week on their wages uh, that it's huge they and they we we do fight uphill battles at times but it's a it's an opportunity where we can just enjoy ourselves for a bit there's no relegation pending i was never one of those people that thought relegation was ever going to hit us no I, I i also wasn't one of those people that thought stevenage was a six-pointer yeah exactly and it's it's just a nice little bit of time away from it and i think we should i think realistically we should imagine we're still on 34 games not 32 i think the games we do have in hand newport Newport are lower than I thought, though. By the way, they're sixteenth. I didn't expect that. No, I I, I saw that, but I st- Newport away is just they're not just an easy fixture, up. is it? It is it's, not an easy fixture. It's terrible. Um, it's a proper hangover for non-league that sort of game. It's the go to Boreham Wood, lose one nil, sort of game, isn't it? Yeah, Podge will score one. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, the football's been incredible, and Charles Vernon's been incredible, and it's great it really is and it's a lot of fun and it's um, it's it's enjoyable to go and watch and i think the one post i saw on the fishy which i think summed it up was i'm looking forward to go to be to going to bp again i think that is the difference and i just think i'm i'm looking when's the next time i can get home to go to a game i'm looking for the next away game i can get to it's not oh fucking hell there's a game on saturday you know are we best go kind of thing well, let's drum the well. Let's beat the drum a little bit for the club. So, Carlisle, Saturday the fourteenth of March is designated exile day. I don't know much about it, but follow the club for for a bit more details. If you like us, live away from it. They're doing a Mariners Trust thing on the Friday night, uh, and you can go along to it. I think that's going to be a really good opportunity. Something that I've I've called for for a while, where is an opportunity for exiles to get along, make a couple of events for it, and try and get BP full on a game that wouldn't necessarily always be full. 
Um, so do that one. There is the 1979-1980 Champions uh, ticket event for the Mariners Trust, which is selling quite quickly. Uh, and I think there's a meet Ian Holloway event as well in a couple of weeks too, but I'm not really sure what time that is. So apologies, I don't know that. But there's a few things going on. The club are trying to put things together, moving it forward. Season tickets are going to be released before August for once. Yeah, which is which is very good. Um, and also, I think the other the other thing we spend a lot of time slating the club, especially when we're sort of down. And, I'm not um, down to anymore. And I think I think one of the things that they should be given credit for is the the whole drive with Holloway going to schools and the free tickets and getting young kids back into it sort of hopefully before we're on an upward curve again absolutely that that side of the family stand which is usually red seated galore is packed at the moment and we need to keep pushing that and that's something that i've always wanted i don't th- personally i don't think any kid should have to pay to come into blundell park they're our future revenue stream when we're all too too stupid to to care less and and still throw money at it so uh, the more of them we can catch and get hold of and, and show them football is real life and it's brilliant and it's terrible all at the same time, um, the more the better. And I'm glad that he's doing it. Apparently these are tickets that have been available for a while and they've always been there. We just haven't had anything to really push them. But I'm glad it's been done. And I just want to shout out to Sam Strand, and, uh, who does the most of the social media stuff. Obviously quite a nice guy, but he's doing so much work in the background where you'll hopefully see some fruits of his labours in the next couple of couple of months as well when he's um with with all the hard work he's done from that and when it finally comes out of what he's done and 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 what he might do to change how the club um how you work how you can sort of purchase things with the club and everything like that it'll be good to to talk about it and hopefully get him on and and have a chat about it but there's so much work going on behind the scenes that we don't know that if we did we'd probably feel a bit better about the club anyway yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and um, that's me being positive I know it is. It's so nice to be positive, isn't it? It feels so yeah. good, um, and you know, it's it's at the point where I'm gutted. There's not a midweek fixture to sort of get a teeth into, kind of thing. So, and this is we're fifteenth in League Two. Like, just the the complete change in attitude over the last sort of two months is just phenomenal, really. Absolutely, and um, uh, well, let's um, let's quickly. Do you, have you got anything else to add before we go to questions and answers and thoughts? Um, I'd just, I'd probably just very quickly um, turn our attention briefly to the the community stadium, having been to a community stadium at Colchester, yeah, um, which I think was a good example of how not to do it. Um, so I think that was probably the equivalent of what Peaks Parkway would have been. Um, housing yeah. development paid for it on a bypass. There's a McDonald's and a petrol station, and that's it. And it was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I mean, it was it was neat, it was professional. Um, the car park was good. It was on an A road, which was good, but that's about all it had going for it. It was empty. It was soulless. Um, just, just yeah, just a terrible, empty shit stadium, really. Um, and sort of with the news that the club is no longer for sale and they're going to push for for Freeman Street. Um, I was just wondering sort of what your thoughts are on maybe when we'd start to learn maybe some more details in terms of funding, detailed plans, you know, ownership structure, you know, are the free men going to put some money in? Are we really going to push for government grants, you know, or will the club just go for it and take a loan out? Well, well, recently um, Wimbledon just surpassed uh, 5 million in bonds from fans 
to continue building their stadium. But it's one I think, that I, I think I think that's an interesting case, the Wimbledon one, because that's yeah. that's a case of you know the stadium was been under construction and they ran out of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's it's an interesting one. It's one that I use as a comparison a lot of times to 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 beat this the club with at times because obviously Wimbledon is slightly higher than us and they've now purchased two grounds in southwest London, which I'll be entirely honest is slightly harder than buying land in Grimsby, I'd imagine. Um, and it's on its way and they did run out of money and then they got fans to invest into it where they'll get a return on their money and they've raised about five million, um, which is brilliant and it means that stadium will go ahead. It will hold about nine and a half, ten thousand, I think, to begin with, but it's going to be moved over to sort of twenty, twenty-one thousand, I think, a bit like what we were going to do with Stadium Mark, Stadium Version Two Point back in two thousand and one. Um, but um, it's uh, it's really interesting and all good to them. And can I just ask a question on Colchester? If you because te- that's that ground is a very similar ground that you see at Chesterfield, Shrewsbury. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there's another one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But that state, that sort of stadium, which is the most basic sort of stadium you can probably get. Am I right in saying so? Yeah, I think it, it felt more basic than Chesterfield. Okay. Um, it was probably slightly bigger. Um, yeah. But it's just like you're walking around the edge, and just it was just a tin shed, really. Um, it was just a it was just a neat new tin shed, and that's basically all it was. And you if you, but, um, do you think? Yeah, sorry. Do you think that the location uh, for Blundell, if it's at Freeman Street, I think that's going to be the biggest part about it, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Like the, the match, amazing. The match day experience at Colchester was dreadful. Yeah. And it's in large part because you're in the, you are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it, it just sort of drains the life out of it before you've even sort of set foot out of your car, really. And um, I, I can, I think you can only say probably Luton. I think Luton have got an, are going to be building a, a stadium in the centre of town. I don't think any other new stadium is going to be built like that, is it? Or has been built like that for, since two thousand and whatever? Maybe Bristol Rovers. Oh, Bristol Rovers moved though, didn't they? they? It was the old rugby stadium. Yeah, but I, I think they're sort of planning on moving again, or that fell through. I can't remember what it oh, was, they? but they've, okay. they've been talking about moving again. I think. Um, I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity. It's it's a massive opportunity, um, but for me, I would I would like. I know it's all very private, and you know these things can't be announced until they're agreed. But I'd be really curious in terms of how they plan on funding it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what you don't want to be is a club that's just renting their stadium, do you? Well, not necessarily. I think even even if it is someone else pays for it, I'd I'd just be curious to know sort of what what the thinking is behind behind the funding for it um yeah uh, sort of like with the with the Wimbledon situation and also I mean that's a nine and a half thousand seater stadium and it's costing over 30 million yeah um so uh John Fenty's estimate of of 20 million is probably a minimum because that hasn't gone up since the 2001 stadium that was I believe 14 million so it's been a raise of six million over that sort of twenty-year period. Yeah, um, I think stadium I think, design has gone through the roof, hasn't it? Yeah, but I think stadiums are probably a bit more simplistic now um, compared yeah. to the ones that were built twenty years ago. When you look at places like the Reebok and and, <laughs> and the Rico, you know they're like mega stadiums. Again, they're in the middle of nowhere, but compared to sort of like the identikit style stadiums that you sort of tend to get now, um, if, those were sort of like mega stadiums. If we get an identikit stadium, so if we get something like Chesterfield's, bit, 
bit there's a bit more thought put into Chesterfields, isn't there? So there's like uh, there's a bit more design on the outside of it. There's a garden, I think, for memor- memorials for people who passed away and stuff like that, isn't there? Um, if you had that and then we plonked that in Freeman Street, would you be happy with that? Um, yeah, I probably would, to be fair. Um, I thought the atmosphere when I went to Chesterfield was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think if you have a safe standing area, I think that would probably help. Yeah. Um, it's all about just being able to keep the noise in. I think I think the the one thing on my wish list would be sort of like a a, a permanent bar at the club. Yeah, you know, like you get at like the big grounds, like you know Shearer's Bar in Newcastle or whatever, and you know having, and it's it's something that's very common at sort of American sports stadiums and especially baseball stadiums is, you know, it there's a bar there and it's themed like the club, like when the place you went to in Ireland, and you know you can go there seven days a week, game day or not, and sort of like just still be around the club, and it's sort of like latched onto the stadium. I think that would be a really nice feature. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I, I I can hopefully add something to this. So I've been, to, I think we talked about it on the last pod. Yeah, we I've did. Be- yeah, I've been to Northern Ireland recently, and Larne have got something similar where they've got live music that it was going on. So I went to a game there when they played. I think was it Crusaders or someone like that. I don't know. Uh, no, Linfield, and um, there was a bar there. It had live music on, and it was really nicely done. I'll put some photos of it up again on on our Twitter account and on the Facebook page. Uh, and then after the game as well, it was still open. So it's not like one of the things in, in England. There's a there's this big thing of 60 minutes, bang, shutters go down, get ready to leave. Um, it was it was open and it was there and we were there till gone half 11 sort of thing, getting a drink and, and having a beer and the players came in as well. And I don't expect that with town, but um, it was nice. And there was music going on still, live band and everything. They were making a real effort to make it inclusive and kids were in there and everything. And I think that's what we need. And if you have that spilling out into the street in in freeman street and hopefully it revitalizes that area a tiny little bit and it makes it a destination stadium doesn't it and it makes it and it makes what it is i think i think the stadium experience in america is um sort of one that we can envy in a way because it is the destination you know you can go there any day of the week and you can go for a drink in one of the many bars or there's the museum open or there's a tour to go to, you know, it's, it's a hub for the, for the club and it would be a real nice focus of the center of the community really. And I think it's those things that are important to it. It's not how the stadium looks really. You can have, when we talk about old stadiums and the atmospheres and how, and and the ones you want to go to, they tend to be older stadiums. They, they're ones that have been put together piece by piece and through different, generations they haven't been designed outright tottenham's is a is sort of a is one to reach for and it's it's cost hundreds of millions you can't get that on our sort of budget and even if you look at the ones that have been had a lot of money put into them whether it be something like the king power stadium or saint mary's or or i don't know i can't think of any others where a bit more money's been put into it they still don't look incredible do they no. They don't look they and I don't think that's what we should be aiming for. No, I think we should be aiming for what's around it and what's inside it more yeah, than anything. 100%. Yeah. Black seats though. I want black seats. Yeah, and I I it'd be interesting to see. I know um the statement release said a timeline of 3 to 5 years, but I'd be I'd be really interested to see a piece on sort of the planning behind it and what what they're thinking is achievable in terms of funding really. Yeah, exactly because that would be that would be an impressive thing uh, but it's it's something that you, if you're doing it do it right 
and do it do it well and and make sure you have everything in order because it's an opportunity to not rebrand the club but certainly put it back in the people's imagination and you have a chance to change the image and create a new one for your club at that point so i don't mean changing the logo changing the whatever but you have an opportunity to change it and you need to have the other things that go around it and they will cost money too whether it be banners up in the town square or um i don't know pop-up pop-up shop or pop-up tickets in top town and stuff like that that things those things will cost cost money but you need to have them there as well because you don't want a stadium which is a once in a lifetime opportunity opening with a bit of a whimper no 100 percent. yeah so so anyway that was just my my curveball for for the end of part of the podcast but hey no that's all right i mean it depends if the first bit recorded we might be doing that again um (laughs) i want to go to bed you can't go to bed uh so um i think we may have answered this already but david grest on twitter asked go through the remaining fixtures see how many points we will get and try to predict where we will finish i have us promoted by may uh, but maths (laughs) isn't my strong point I would, I think we've already told it, but I think I would like to aim for tenth. I would expect something like um, sixty-five points, so another twenty points out of fourteen games, isn't. I don't think is out of the expectation. I think we've been averaging nearly two, haven't we? I think uh, what was Tom said. Uh, we finished seventh uh, uh, over the last town. Oh yeah, we'd uh, we'd have to get like forty-two points to make it into seventh. I think yeah, based I on think, the last yeah, few exactly. years. 32 points so I think another 20 is about right so that I think that'll put us 10th and I think that'll put us above Forest Green and that's what I'm aiming for yeah maybe um, maybe six wins I think would be a really good achievement out of the last yeah, six 13 out of 14. yeah I think that'd be be really nice but I mean so long as they're playing attacking football which they have been the players build confidence and we get something to build on into next season I don't think we can really ask for too much more than that really um, Tom Drant asked if Fenty were to stay on a, a new stadium at Fremo delivered and we established ourselves in the championship would we ever warm to him yeah I think so I mean if that all happens then of course we bloody would I think <laughs> yeah I might I, I would even buy him another piece of baroque architecture I would buy uh, him a leather house. coat <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, who, and who is sorting out the party when uh, Stevenage gets relegated we'll, we'll answer that one because I think someone else has got a question on that in a minute uh, who will we beat in the playoff final? Uh, definitely not Scunthorpe United. Uh, <laughs> they ain't getting their fools. Oh dear! I would, I would quite like a based on the eighteen thousand at the Bradford game. A Bradford Grimsby in a playoff final at Wembley would be special, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We would be outnumbered again, though. But we could get the matter, torch back. Yeah, we could go back to the torch. That's all that matters. And and that place we celebrated in in two thousand sixteen is sadly closed. Um, oh yeah, where we met Watkins like Podge's Folly. family, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jake, uh, Jake the Eighth has asked uh, anything for us conspiracy theorists to nibble on, considering a fans forum has randomly n- been announced was just a week's notice, or is it just clutching straws? No, I think you're probably onto it. I think who would want to answer questions when we're 18th? Get get it out of the way now. I think it's probably their yeah. their thoughts. Definitely. Uh, While everyone feels good and probably the worst question will be, can I bring my flask in? You can't bring your fucking flask in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was he? And then, yep. So Steve Daly uh, wants to end it as we should do. Russell Slade to Stevenage. Good, great or excellent. All of the above. There has never been a match made in heaven more than Russell Slade at bottom place Stevenage. 
I, I can't describe how much I hate that little tin pot club. Too it, too poetic to even mention. That I'm was gonna, beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, I felt quite happy when Tramir got relegated, uh, but I'll feel even better now if they, if they go down. I mean, if it comes to the end of the season and them and Scunny are neck and neck, I don't know who I'd want to go down. Stevenage, because then we get Scunny twice next season. Exactly, I think. But then we lose our local game. Um, yeah, but I, I just, I've only ever I been there once year, and I, I never went back, so... Yeah, we. I, I've been twice, and I went that time with the the Bragate incident and stuff, and it didn't sit well with me. So I would love to watch that pathetic, insipid little tin pot shit house. I would oh, love it. Fuck off! <laughs> what a lovely way to end the podcast. <laughs> I think I, I think everybody shares my thoughts. Oh, I, don't, um, I don't think many town fans I would just agree with you. And it's not just the club; it's the fans. I hate them. I, like the Bragate thing, I know we've. I'm sorry, but I don't think town are perfect. I think we can get things wrong all the time. And if fans came out and said that sort of stuff, like, hang on, can you have a look at this? Because this is not good. But they came to. They're acting exactly like some Man City fans are acting now about FFP. I've never met team cut club like it. And I, I, I hope they um, lose to Boreham Wood as well. Yeah, beautiful. Sorry. <laughs> beautiful. Make me feel better again now, please. Anyway, I'm going to check we've recorded the first bit of this. Uh, and if we have, this is it. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back shortly. If not, we will see you very tired in about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>